Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode here on the 5571 Podcast. My name is Danny, and this is a podcast all about what's new and what's happening at the Design Resort, and I wanted to welcome you all to the first episode of 2024. Um, It's going to be a huge year of a lot of changes of all things new happening at the Design Resort with the transformation of downtown Disney, changes at the hotels of the Design Resort with the Pixar Place Hotel, And, of course, um, all the changes happening in the parks, like with Haunted Mansion, Tiana's Bayou Adventure, the list goes on. There's um, a lot of things to cover, see, and do. Not to mention that we have D23 on the horizon in summer. So it's going to be a busy year, and I'm excited to cover it all um, and hopefully have some guests on here as well to uh, talk about some of those topics with you all. So looking forward to it all. And um, for my you know, listeners that come back over and over again every week, I want to thank you all for really supporting the podcast. Um, I see kind of the breakdown of the listeners each week, and it's very uh, cool to see the, the same people come back regularly for all those people that are subscribed and stuff like that. So I really want to thank you and let you know that I do appreciate it and um, love making the content for you guys. So I'm going to keep doing that in 2024, and um, I hope you guys uh, we'll share it with other people and continue listening because I really do enjoy doing it. Um, and also looking forward to, um, you know, more and more weeks throughout this year of, of great new podcast episodes. And we'll think of some cool new topics to talk about as well and some maybe new directions to bring the show and, of course, incorporate it more with uh, my YouTube channel. Um, but we'll talk a little bit more about that um, as we get a little bit further into the year. So, um, But with all that rambling aside, let's go ahead and get right into it because we have some news to cover this week um, from the Design Resort and some of our other theme parks as well. So starting off first over at Disneyland Resort, I wanted to talk about Magic Keys uh, because as you know, if you are a Magic Key holder or have just been listening to this podcast, you know that we are blocked out um, and have been blocked out for the past two weeks for the holidays. So it's been quite a while since Magic Keys have been able to, in fact, only I think it was only the first year when we had Dream Keys that Magic Keys would be able to go um, during these two weeks of the holidays for Christmas and New Year's. And of course, The higher-end annual passes back in the day would also have availability to do that as well. But um, for the past two years, we've been blocked uh, no matter what level key you've had. So um, it's been a ticket-only guest period throughout the year, and um, it's a little bit of a detox for some people, right? They're ending their year and starting their year off uh, without having gone. So it lets a little bit of anticipation build up uh, for those coming back. But at the time of recording this podcast... um, or I guess the time that this podcast debuts for you to listen to, it's going to be debuting on Wednesday, January 3rd. That's the first day that Magic Keys can return to the park um, for select Magic Keys that have availability that day. So right now, um, as of the time of recording the podcast, there is availability for tomorrow for reservations. So hopefully if you were wanting to go, you were able to get that. And even looking ahead, availability looks pretty good for the next few months. There's a lot of days still left in January with only like some Sundays booked up from what I can see. And then the weekend that the Lunar New Year Festival kicks off, that's still available. Um, we have all of February available and all of March available. Um, and March is when the food and wine festival kicks off. So if you have plans or want to start planning your 2024, now's the time to do it because there is quite a bit of availability left for magic key reservations. So get those reservations booked, um, and start planning your guys's 
weekends or weekdays to visit the parks um, because it's going to start selling out, especially on some of those key days during the Lunar New Year Festival and the Food and Wine Festival. So definitely um, add those dates when you can. Um, but I'm looking forward to going back. I'm going to be at the parks again this upcoming weekend so I can share with you finally some updates from in the parks and we can talk about that here on the podcast. And for those that follow me on YouTube, you can also follow some of those live updates of what's new and what's happening at Disneyland um, from inside the parks finally once again. So over the weekend when I was filming my video actually at the Design Resort, um, I went to just downtown Disney in the hotels, right? I was blocked from the parks, but I still wanted to bring an update for the YouTube channel and to just talk about here on the podcast. So there's a lot going on at both hotels and downtown Disney. So I wanted to kind of see what was new, what's happening and, and talk about it um, on both mediums here. And one of the things I noticed the past few times that I visited downtown Disney was a brand new pop-up trailer that was that just showed up in downtown Disney right next to the Star Wars Trading Post and the ESPN Zone in that little alleyway that goes out towards like as if you're walking back to the structure um, on the little bridge there. And um, this trailer pop-up I had heard through the grapevine many, many weeks ago was going to be the pop-up location for Earl of Sandwich while they waited for their permanent location to be built. Now, we all know Earl of Sandwich is currently occupying the La Brea Bakery location or former La Brea Bakery location um, when they sort of quickly abandoned their location with like very little notice, at least to us guests anyway. Um, so Earl of Sandwich kind of took that over really quickly. Prime real estate, right? Right at the front of downtown Disney. Um, great ways for people to kind of grab sandwiches on the go. Um, good marketing, right? You're right in the front so everyone knows that you're there. It's been, a, a, you know, honestly the best location for Earl of Sandwich. Even though it's not a full menu, they're kind of operating at a limited menu, they still were able to test their um, tavern concept that they wanted to bring to downtown Disney, which is more of their, like, finer dining sit-down option where you can order off of a menu, a table service. Um, they have wine and beers available and other cocktails and things like that. So, it was a concept, I think maybe they'd done at some of their other locations, like in Vegas or something, but they wanted to incorporate at Disneyland, and supposedly it's something that's going to be part of their new permanent location as well. Now, this is the big mystery. We still don't know yet where all the, the permanent Earl of Sandwich location was, right? Ever since Earl of Sandwich closed to make way for the brand new luxury Disneyland Resort Hotel that was never built on the west end of downtown Disney... They sort of, you know, were kicked out, then were allowed to go back to that spot only to then be kicked out again once Disneyland was starting to rebuild some shops there. So when they lost that permanent location, Earl of Sandwich um, went to pop-up locations, right? They went from their old location to um, selling pop-ups at, at another location and then going to La Brea and now back to another pop-up location again. So... Um, no word yet on what the menu is going to look like here, but we have confirmation from my friend Scott Gooston on Twitter slash X. Um, he has confirmed from either from hearing from Disney reps or from other source that this is indeed the Earl of Sandwich location that's going to be temporarily in downtown Disney. Um, so again, it's a little bit of a it's a little trailer. Um, also good and good prime real estate. Honestly, if you're walking back to the structure, you can grab a sandwich on your way back to the car, uh, for some to go items, but 
It's going to be essentially in that space right between the former ESPN Zone building, a.k.a. I call it now the Disney Plus building, um, and the Star Wars Trading Post, which was the Rainforest Cafe. So in that space right there, there's a little like white and gray trailer, and that's going to be the Earl's Sandwich pop-up temporarily while their permanent location is being built. Now, where this permanent lo- location is going to be, I don't know. There's only a couple of locations it could potentially be, right? Um, either it takes over the Rainforest Cafe, which is a huge building, and Star Wars Trading Post is there. That's probably not it. The other location could be one of the spots inside the new shopping center area they're building across from Din Tai Fung that's currently being under construction at the moment we're speaking right now. Um, and then the other potential possibility is the former Tortilla Joe's location once that closes. And we'll talk about that in a second as well, too, because we got a little bit more information surrounding that. But Earl of Sandwich will be occupying this little trailer space while their permanent location is being added. So um, it's probably going to be a limited menu again. It's 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 a big trailer for what it is as far as like a food truck's concerned. It's definitely on the larger side, but it's still small enough to where if you've ever seen or remember being in the original Earl of Sandwich location, you'll remember just how big their ovens are, that those conveyor belt ovens that they use, um, and how much smoke they create and all that stuff um, when they're putting the sandwiches in to kind of do the toast that they're traditionally known for on their sandwiches. So um, I don't necessarily know that there's a lot of space for that to be done in here. So then part of me was thinking, well, maybe are they going to cook the sandwiches in the old Rainforest Cafe kitchen and then kind of like hot box them over, kind of like they do for the Food and Wine Festival or like the Festival of Holidays Festival booths where like, you know, none of those booths are cooking your food. They're just giving it to you from a hot box and then they're kind of carted in occasionally throughout the day. Um, So that's a possibility. So maybe it's like only a select number of sandwiches. They're all pre-made and there's like not a lot of customization available. So we'll have to wait and see kind of how they incorporate it for this temporary spot. But I would love to see if we can get a confirmation from Disney or from Earl of Sandwich or concept art even of where their new location is going to go and what it's going to be. And I kind of went into a little bit of a tirade earlier, or not tirade, but like a, a rant on the on the tavern concept of it all. But the rumor has it was this new Earl of Sandwich location was going to be multi-story with a with the concept of the tavern part being on the top of the restaurant. So that um, with the multi-story action, the top part where you're dining in the tavern, you could potentially even have fireworks viewing from being on the roof of the building. So that was kind of where I was going with that one. But a multi-story Earl of Sandwich with a permanent location and a place to call home in downtown Disney, I think would be a great thing, and I hope it does actually come true. Um, I know personally um, uh, there's some menu items that are on the main Earl of Sandwich menu that we haven't had in a really long time. That's like my go-to sandwich. There's like the French dip or the onion dip, I guess they call it. One of my favorites. I love that one, and it's not available even at the La Brea Bakery location. So um, I'm excited to see what the temporary or the full permanent location is going to look like and how and if they're going to be incorporating that um, tavern concept. So we'll have to wait and see. There's not a lot of spaces left and where it could go in downtown Disney. So I'm hoping we find out soon enough. Next up, I kind of alluded to it, but I wanted to talk about Tortilla Joe's. Now, we've talked about that on this podcast before. I've talked about it on my YouTube channel and on Mondo's Speculation Sunday. 
Um, we had talked about the the location closing, and we thought it was going to be closing in summer because that's when they told us that they were told, at least for the employees that were working there, of when it was going to be closed. Well, um, rumors are swirling now that um, the employees are being told it's going to close sometime in March as the new the new date. Um, again, nothing confirmed, all speculative. So take it with a grain of salt if you must. But um, the current rumor is that the uh, the uh, Tortilla Joe's location will be closing sometime in March. And uh, for those that kind of are not familiar with the location or some of the background of it all and why it would be closing, because for most people, it would seem it's super profitable, right? And super popular with a lot of guests. Um, and it can be definitely at certain times of the day, especially when um, Disneyland Resort is super busy. Um, but the reason for that being is the Patina Restaurant Group, which um, runs the Tortilla Joe's location, also owns and operates um, the upcoming Paseo and Centrico locations and also the Naples Ristorante location. So they did own the former uh, Catal and uh, Uva Bar location. Um, but now that Centrico and Paseo are going to be Mexican-style food, even though it's kind of more on the higher end from a Michelin star chef, um, it's physically just feet away from Tortilla Joe's. And for one restaurant group to own two different locations with probably extremely high rent in downtown Disney to have the same type of food, I don't think just really makes a lot of business sense. Any way you look at it, even if one is more on the high end as one on the low end, um, it's definitely taking away business from the other. Um, whereas you might want people to all go try your brand new location um, that you're building that's that you're really proud of, right? And that's going to have a Michelin star chef at the helm. So I think truly um, Paseo and Centrico is where they're really going to focus their efforts. Um, and it makes sense that they would close Tortilla Joe's because being that it is also Mexican food, um, it doesn't make sense to have it right next to Paseo and Centrico right across the way. So what I'm unsure of is if this restaurant does end up closing, does the Patina Group keep this location and just open a brand new concept here that we don't already have in downtown Disney so they can continue um, trying to capitalize on that space that they have? Or do they just give up this space altogether and just focus on Naples and Paseo and Centrico moving forward and then let some other tenant take over that space? Um, you know, there's not a lot of space to go around in downtown Disney. So, um, you know, it's it makes probably, it would make sense for them to keep it if they could afford it um, and not give it up, right? Because I would imagine that if they gave it up to someone trying to wait for a space to open up in downtown Disney again, it's probably something that doesn't happen all too often, at least for restaurants in downtown Disney. So, um, you know, the, the ESPN zone and the Rainforest Cafe would still be there if it wasn't for, um, you know, Disney forcing them to close due to the hotel that they were supposed to build there. So the Rainforest Cafe didn't close because it wasn't doing well. In fact, it was like always jam-packed. I know there's not very many Rainforest Cafes left, so that may have a lot to you know, I may be in a different position nowadays, although Rainforest Cafe is still wildly popular, even in Disney Springs and over in Animal Kingdom, where they still exist at the Walt Disney World Resort. But that's neither here nor there. I was just spe speculating as far as with Tortilla Joe's, what do you guys think? Do you think the Patina Restaurant Group might uh, maintain the space and keep it um, for something else? Or 
do we see um, another place taking it over? I had assumed that maybe this could be the space for um, Earl of Sandwich potentially because they wanted a multi-story location that had views of the fireworks. And if you've ever been lucky enough to dine in the upstairs area of Tortilla Joe's, which it's rarely open. In fact, I think it's only ever open for like private parties when they host those. I did at one point go to a private party that was hosted up there um, and it had pretty good viewing of the fireworks from that location, at least when I went, it was quite a while ago. I don't know if like trees growing taller and stuff like that have affected that view, but um, it's definitely um, has the fireworks view. So I thought, oh, maybe this could be Earl of Sandwich's location. It has enough room to have a larger size tavern slash sit down restaurant and then um, a space to have a quick to go kind of location, just like Tortilla Joe's where it has the taqueria in the front for people that want to walk in, grab a sandwich, sit down and, and go. And then it has a big double story location for um, uh, the, the sit down restaurant. And it even maybe would give Earl of Sandwich some space to do private parties, which would be kind of fun for that ability. So I thought maybe it would be a really good port over for them to do that. So we'll have to wait and see kind of what gets announced a little bit closer. Um, if it is closing in March, it probably would make sense for them to wait until after the spring break time. So probably once the spring break season is concluded, maybe that's when we can expect the restaurant to close. And I would imagine as we get a little bit closer to um, the March time frame, we might see some figureheads that usually post about Disney news, maybe have been fed some information from Disney to share with the masses kind of when the restaurant's closing rather than um, Disney or the restaurant themselves making the announcement that it's going to close. Sort of like how we saw with Librae Bakery um, when that closed and we saw, we didn't really see an announcement from anyone until after the fact. Um, and we kind of just saw that news from other people online. So something to keep in mind, right? A lot of change is happening in downtown Disney, but I'll continue to monitor this one and we'll report as as soon as we find out more information about what's actually going on with uh, all of these locations, including that permanent Earl of Sandwich spot. The next change is coming to us over at Disney Land Park starting on Monday, January 22nd. Pirates of the Caribbean is going to be temporarily added to Genie Plus while the nearby attractions undergo refurbishment, a.k.a. Um, Splash Mountain still being under refurbishment, a.k.a. transforming into um, Tiana's Bayou Adventure. Um, Indiana Jones is going to go down for a little bit in its normal refurbishment. And then, of course, um, Haunted Mansion will be down for its lengthy refurbishment this year. So a lot of stuff going on um, in the areas around that. So they're hoping to um, bring that Genie Plus availability to Pirates of the Caribbean. will help offset some of that um, availability that was taken away with those attractions going to really give and bring back that value to Disney Genie Plus um, when they've removed some of those attractions. So um, it's in, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean has had fast pass in the past. So it's not certainly something that's new when it comes to this. They've done it before, they can implement it again for sure. Um, and, and Mondo seems to think when we were talking on Speculation Sunday that he thinks uh, this could be more of a, a test to bring it back in a more permanent fashion um, and seeing how they can do that. Um, and that very, very well, they may very well be, I would say, um, because, they, like I said, they've had it in the past um, and anything they can do to bring more attractions to Disney Genie Plus just helps build the value for that and allows them to 
um, either charge more money or have a potential of selling out even more um, each time. So I think um, it's a smart move in the end um, to help bring that value back during those attraction closures. And um, we'll have to see how it really impacts the the Pirates line because, uh, as you know, adding FastFest or Genie Plus Lightning Lane to any attraction is going to Im- uh, impact the line somewhat. Uh, but they've been really good lately at um, uh, of kind of organizing and, and uh, limiting the number of Genie Plus Lightning Lanes that they um, implement on some of these attractions that um, you would think have a hard time implementing it. Um, I know, for instance, adding Genie Plus availability to like Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway um, as before where it was like a pay-to-play kind of experience with the individual Lightning Lane, adding it to an experience that anyone can utilize as long as they have Genie Plus didn't really affect it too much. In fact, they were really efficient with it all. So it kind of looked the same way it always was when it was operating um, under the individual Lightning Lane. So I think um, we'll have to kind of wait and see how it unfolds at Pirates of the Caribbean. But again, that change is starting on Monday, January 22nd. So if you want to make sure you get your rides in before potential longer lines due to Genie Plus being added, you're going to have to head on over there before the 22nd of January. Next up, I wanted to bring a section of the show back that we haven't talked about in a little bit, and that is covering closures and refurbishments kind of all in a list. I know it's now 2024. People are trying to make their plans, and they want to know kind of what's going to be closed, what are the time frames. So this is what we know so far, and it's going to be a little bit of a longer list. So we've got some refurbishments coming. It is going into what's typically the off-season, in quotations. You can't see me doing it, but kind of don't really have those anymore at Disneyland, but it's still in place. And um, we've talked about this one before, of course, the Mark Twain Riverboats, where we're going to be starting. That went down way before um, the Halloween season or right when the Halloween season started. And that was September 17th of 2023. Well, we now have a reopening date for that attraction. It's going to be reopening on the 2nd of February. So February 2nd, 2024, we'll see the return of the Mark Twain riverboat back to the rivers of america we have of course the magic happens parade returning that same weekend day um so um two two february 2nd is going to be when we see um the magic happens parade return that weekend that friday um the astro orbiter attraction um for those that don't know that attraction went down starting um, November the 20th. So it went down just before Thanksgiving and is not on the calendar for a return yet. So it's still pending. It's still indefinite at this time. So the Astro Orbiter over in Tomorrowland closed indefinitely. Last time I saw it from social media, it was kind of stripped down to um, its base. I know they do this every once in a while. They get all the moving pieces moving again, and then at some point they all stop moving. So <laughs> um, it's that time again for it to to go through its paces. Um, At the time that you're listening to this podcast, you only have a few more days to experience It's a Small World. So It's a Small World holiday is going to be closing on the last day of the holiday season, which is um, January 7th. And it's going to be reopening on January 18th um, as the regular It's a Small World. So if you prefer the regular version of the attraction, it's going to be coming back um, the first day on the 18th. Um, And then the sailing ship Columbia, that's actually going to be going down 
um, as well just after the end of the holiday season. So sailing ship Columbia on the rivers of America is going down on the 8th of January. And then we'll be returning just a few short days later um, on the 12th. So a little bit of a closure. So there's going to be a brief period where there are no attractions on the rivers of America, except for maybe the Davy Crockett Explorer Canoes. So no sailing ship Columbia, obviously no Mark Twain Riverboat until February. So that small brief period, if you're visiting during that time, not going to be any riverboats for you to go on except for the canoes. And then the biggest one, which we've been talking about a little bit here on the channel um, as well on YouTube, um, is the Haunted Mansion, right? We talked about that because of all the changes that are going on over there. Haunted Mansion is going to be closing on the 22nd of January, which is right when Pirates of the Caribbean starts its magic or um, its Genie Plus edition. So Haunted Mansion going down on the 22nd um, with no date listed as opening yet. We had heard rumors that it would be reopening for the Halloween season next year or this year that we're in right now. Um, so that it would reopen once again as Haunted Mansion Holiday. So again, you'll be able to experience Haunted Mansion all the way up until the 22nd, and it will still remain Haunted Mansion Holiday up until this time. Now over at Disney California Adventure Park, we have just a few closures over here. One of the big ones being World of Color. So when World of Color um, Season of Light ends, there's not going to be a World of Color show for a little bit of a period of time there. So they're going to have no World of Color starting on the 8th of January all the way until the 1st of March is when it's scheduled for. Um, and at that point, I don't know which version of World of Color is returning. Is it going to be World of Color 1 or is it going to be the regular World of Color? We're going to have to wait and see as we get closer to that time. Maybe we even get a brand new version of World of Color specific to the Pixar Fest. We don't know yet. We haven't, um, you know, maybe Disney hasn't shared all the things up its sleeve for the Pixar Fest. We know, of course, we're getting the parade and the fireworks show, but maybe there's a special version of World of Color. We'll have to wait and see. But for now, you have a few more days to experience World of Color Season of Light, at least, if you wanted to watch any sort of World of Color um, for a few months. Also over at Disney California Adventure Park, we have Grizzly River Run closing on the 8th of January with no date set currently as a reopening time. So Grizzly River Run going through a bit of a extensive refurbishment. Um, closing on the 8th, so just after the holiday season. And again, no reopening date listed on the calendar so far. So that's another um, big closure coming up here. It is kind of the off-season for that, and we are slated to have the wettest winter that we've had in a while. So probably not a lot of opportunities for people to really want to go on this attraction anyway, so it seems like a good time for them to close it down and do some refurbishments on it. And then lastly for... Disney California Adventure Park is the Inside Out Emotional Whirlwind attraction. It's going to be closing on the 22nd of January, um, but then reopening a little bit later on February 9th of 24. So not too uh, long of a closure there for that one. Just a little bit of a quick refurbishment um, on some of the moving parts on that attraction. So that really wraps up kind of what we know right now as far as all the closures listed. Of course, all this is subject to change. Disney can change these dates at any time, especially like I mentioned just a little bit of ago. Um, we're going to have a huge rainy season, supposedly, with El Nino over here um, in Southern California. So that could extend some refurbishments. 
Um, it could put some delays on construction. I know there's a lot of exterior construction work happening at the Haunted Mansion, and if it's being rained on consistently, how much of that can they actually get done? So that's we're going to have to wait and see on that one. Um, I feel like that's going to severely delay the Haunted Mansion, um, but I hope they can still stay on time with that one. So, um, But for now, that's the closures and refurbishments for the Disneyland Resort. Next up for some news, let's go ahead and transition away from the Disneyland Resort and over to Knott's Berry Farm because they opened up a brand new VIP area specifically for the Prestige Pass holders. Now you can access this uh, via the dress shop entrance in Ghost Town. So it's kind of like when you first walk on the main street of Ghost Town, you can see it on your left hand side. And there's also um, a huge room just with couches and, and tables. There's chargers. They've got sports on the TV in the video and pictures that I'm seeing over here on Arnott's Adventure um, on her Instagram. And again, if you don't follow Arnott's Adventure on Instagram, go ahead and give her a follow. She has the latest and greatest, um, up-to-date news for Knott's Berry Farm. Um, I haven't had a chance to see this new lounge just yet. Um, but essentially if you are the highest level of pass holder at Knott's Berry Farm called the Prestige Pass Holder, you can access this lounge, um, come take a break from the crowds at Knott's Berry Farm, probably relax in air conditioning during the summer, maybe escape the rain when it's raining during the winter. Um, there's probably going to be a lot of people watching sports in here on the weekend days. They uh, looks like they have some game tables as well, too. They have a checkered table. They have free snacks available, um, like some chips and cookies and refreshments. They even have a soda machine uh, by Coca-Cola in there with the famous Knott's boysenberry punch as well too. So, um, a really great option. Um, it almost kind of reminds me of the DVC lounges that they have, um, throughout the park for DVC members over at Disneyland. But this is for the prestige pass holders, which is the highest level of pass that you can get at Knott's Berry Farm. Um, they even have a, a, a merchandise section that sells exclusive merch, um, in this in that area as well too so it's going to be interesting to see how this unfolds as far as popularity and if it gets people to upgrade their pass just to have access to it so we'll have to wait and see um it sounds like um it's going to be probably pretty popular right off the bat i know a lot of people are probably going to want to spend a lot of time in there um but definitely check it out if you haven't like i mentioned go follow our knots adventure on instagram so you can see some photos from this place um, in person that she has reported on after it just opened officially um, just a day ago. And lastly, I wanted to end it back at the Disneyland Resort talking once again about the Pixar Place Hotel. Now, the um, new Sketchpad Cafe just off of the lobby, which is going to be their quick service location, looks like we're just days away from this location opening. I actually visited over the weekend to dine at the brand new Great Maple Restaurant and noticed they had menus up already for this location. The refrigerators were in place. The coffee machines were there, but all covered up. There was no longer walls covering, um, like walled curtains covering this location like it was before. They had, um, uh, the only menus that were actually up were about their coffee and drinks. They had like a build your own brew section, a, um, traditional like espresso bar section with like your lattes, your mochas, all that kind of stuff. And then lastly, they had, um, some teas available. So, 
Um, this is going to be the grab-and-go location, again, called Spech- Sketchpad Cafe, just off the lobby and the gift shop. And it's also going to be staffed or run by the Great Maple. So you're going to see some Great Maple food-to-go options here, as well as like coffee and tea, like I mentioned. Um, and also just a great space to hang out and wait for your room to become available if you're one of those people um, that liked to kind of hang off in the lobby for... Um, room availability or maybe you're waiting on the day of your checkout this is a great place to do that Um, another rumor has it as well and we were talking about it on speculation sunday is that we might see a familiar face walking around the lobby of this hotel for the first time actually ever in a disney park which would be bing bong Um, bing bong is supposedly going to be a character that will be wandering or meeting guests over at the Pixar Place Hotel shortly after its grand reopening or rebranding on January 30th. So that's also something to look forward to as well as we get so much closer now, just 28 days away to its opening. I don't know if all the rooms are going to be done at that point, but there will be brand new rooms available at that point. Um, In fact, we might even see guests, like I mentioned before, staying in those new rooms beforehand. Um, and some of those rooms popping up on social media. But that wraps up our episode. I want to thank you for tuning in to the first episode of 2024. Um, Thanks for following me along on this journey. Like I mentioned before, I really do appreciate all my regular listeners. I've heard from a lot of you, and I really do appreciate it. So thank you very much. And if you're listening to this podcast for the first time, make sure you're subscribed for following the podcast on whatever platform you're listening on so that you get notified of brand new episodes. Um, and if you don't already, you can follow me on all my social medias under Just Ask Danny, whether that's on Twitter, Instagram, and also on YouTube, where you can follow some more content um, just like this one, where we go over what's new and what's happening at Disneyland, but more of a visual uh, if you're interested in watching that um, instead of just listening to it. But thanks again for listening, and uh, we'll see you in the next episode.